Hi there! This is the Evolution Sermon Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that our message makes your week a bit more awesome. See you in church! So the title of my message today is Gratitude. And I want to speak about how we can live our lives fully through gratitude. So I'll start off with a story. Okay, here goes. One day, a teacher entered the classroom and asked his students to prepare for a surprise test. The students waited anxiously at their desk for the test to begin. The teacher handed out the question paper with the text facing down. Once he handed them all out, he asked his students to turn the page and begin. But to everyone's surprise, there were no questions, just a black dot somewhere in the center of the page. So the teacher, seeing the expression on everyone's face, and told them the following, I want you to write about what you see there. The students were still confused, but they got started on with the task. At the end of the class, the teacher collected the papers and started reading each one of them aloud in front of all the other students. All of them, without exception, described the black dot, trying to explain its position around the paper. (laughs) And after all had been read, the classroom went silent and the teacher finally explained. I am not going to grade you for this. I just want to give you something to think about. No one wrote about the white part of the paper. Everyone focused on the black dot, and the same thing happens in our life. Our life is a special gift of God, and we always have reasons to celebrate. And yet we focus on the dark spots in our life. We tend to focus on health issues, financial issues, relationship issues, uh, disappointments even in our social lives. So the teacher continued, the dark spots are very small compared to everything we have in our lives. But they are the ones that spoil our minds. Look away from the black spots in your life. Enjoy each one of your blessings, each moment that life gives you. We all have so many things in life to be grateful for. Be grateful and enjoy each moment of your life. Be happy and enjoy life. So how many of you can relate to the story? So we often find ourselves in the same situation where we lose focus on what we have and we live our lives filled with stress, anxiety, and negativity. And this only worsens with COVID. So since last year, all of you who are studying had to deal with the change in school schedule. Many of you also struggled to focus on your studies and you felt stressed in trying to keep up after you were allowed back to school. And for the adults, some of us are struggling in our finances and even in our job security. So in times like this, is it even possible not to focus on the dark spots in our lives during confusion and uncertainty? How can we recognize such goodness in our times? So today, I'm going to be focusing on one passage in the Bible. So it's Luke 17, verses 11 to 19 in the message version. So it says, It happened that as he, this is referring to Jesus, made his way towards Jerusalem, he crossed over the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men, all lepers, met him. They kept their distance but raised their voices, calling out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Taking a good look at them, he said, Go, show yourself to the priest. They went and while still on their way, became clean. One of them, when he realized that he was healed, turned around and came back, shouting his gratitude, glorifying God. He knelt at Jesus' feet, so grateful, he couldn't thank him enough, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, were not ten healed. Where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? Then he said to him, get up, 
on your way, your faith has healed and saved you. So there are quite a lot of things happening in this passage, but we're going to break it up and see what the Bible has to show us. So my first point about gratitude is, gratitude begins with vulnerability. So in verse 11 to 13, it happened that as he made his way towards Jerusalem, he crossed over the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 men, all lepers, met him. They kept their distance, but raised their voice, calling out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So back then, people are called lepers when they have a serious medical condition called leprosy. Leprosy was an incurable skin disease that was also contagious. So if anyone was found to have leprosy, the person would immediately be excluded from their community. They are sent to live outside the city in leper colonies for the fear that they will infect everyone else. They were also labelled unclean. Some people even believed leprosy was a punishment from God. And worst of all, many communities would make lepers call themselves unclean. Whenever they saw other people nearby, lepers had to shout about themselves, unclean, unclean, to warn others to stay away from them. So not only was leprosy a disease that takes away your future, leprosy was a disease that gets you ostracized for life. So this is, the, this is why the first thing that stood out to me in the passage was that these 10 men, despite living with all this rejection, and maybe they had gotten used to being isolated, being alone, being depressed, it amazes me that instead of giving up, they decide to be vulnerable, to acknowledge the fact that they needed help, to hope that perhaps Jesus could save them from an impossible situation. Remember, up to this point in human history, nobody ever has ever been cured from leprosy. There was no vaccine, no medical intervention available. So once you were diagnosed, it was always a life sentence. But they decided to hope. You know, hope, especially in the form of asking for help, can be a very vulnerable act. To tell someone we are struggling but we want to be strong. To tell a friend we are lonely and we need companion. To tell a friend we are not being ourselves or living with integrity because we are trying to fit into what's popular. To tell someone we are wrong about something and to ask for help getting it right. To tell someone, well, you are jobless, figuring out who you want to be and what you want to do, to say, I'm feeling lost and I need support and advice. Yeah. I'd imagine it was not easy for these 10 lepers. They had to overcome the fear of being disappointed. What if Jesus couldn't heal them? What if Jesus refused to help them? And imagine the rejection they would face by trying. Would the community reject them some more? Laugh at them if their attempt failed? Or maybe for some of the 10 lepers, instead of feeling hopeless, maybe they felt anger. Life is unfair. This situation I'm in is unfair. I didn't do anything to deserve leprosy. It's Jesus who should come to me and heal me, not me going to God for help. This community has rejected me, then I'm going to reject them too. That part may be true. Maybe there have been some people in our lives that have let us down. There may be some situations in our lives that are random and unfair. But at the end of the day, what do we want more? To be restored to life and relationship or to live with whatever broken situations we are in? So perhaps this 10 leper coming to God for help was not as easy as we think. Perhaps these 10 lepers had chose to be vulnerable, to choose to accept the situation they were in, to acknowledge the fact that they needed help regardless of what others might think. 
For some of us here, we've got to learn to be vulnerable first before we will ever be able to experience healing or gratitude. To be vulnerable means we've got to acknowledge and accept the imperfect parts of us. Yes, sometimes life and situations and people suck. But there's also life and situations and relationships that don't. And we need to recognize that we cannot be who we are or what we want on our own. There'll be many moments where we, need, where we are going to need help and contributions of others to get to where we want to be. So we've got to learn to be vulnerable, to learn to open up to one another, to God, to your leaders, to your close friends who you can rely on, to ask for help when you need it. This might be healing, it might be advice, or even advice that is hard to hear. So being vulnerable to people whom you can trust opens the door for, to our healing. So let's get back to the Bible and see where the 10 leper story goes. So verse 14, it says, Taking a good look at them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priest. Imagine with me for a moment, if you are one of the lepers, you decided to be vulnerable and go to find Jesus. And just when you found Jesus who can heal you, instead, Jesus redirects you and asks you to go and show yourself to the priest. Already you have trouble with the normal people in the community, and now you have to weave through the village to find a priest. And you already took a huge step of faith by coming to ask for help. You know, isn't my act of finding you, Jesus, enough? Plus, this is unfair. We've heard of many stories of other people getting instant healings. (laughs) Yeah, and this is unfair. Why is it so hard for me? I want to point out that being vulnerable is never comfortable. It puts you in a place where you feel fragile. And that's the point when we need to grow stronger, to learn to have hope, to have faith, to trust God, to have a softer, more open heart to our leaders and our friends, to allow them to help us. And I just want to speak to the guys here today. Now, you can be vulnerable too. It does not make you any less or whatever others say about you that you are being too soft, that you need to man up or suck it up. You know what? Learn to put your ego or your fears aside. Open up your hearts and receive help when needed. Open up your heart and attitude to receive advice when it's given. Because often when we are asking for our instant solutions, God and the people around us are trying to create long-term transformations in our lives. And the question you want to ask is, which do we want? A temporary healing or a permanent one? a superficial change in our situation or a long-term transformation in our lives. So say with me, gratitude begins with vulnerability. Gratitude begins with vulnerability. And point number two, gratitude is pausing to be grateful and saying thank you. So verse 14 to 16, it says, Taking a good look at them, he said, Go show yourself to the priest. They went and while still on their way, became clean. One of them, when he realized that he was healed, turned around and came back, shouting his gratitude, glorifying God. He knelt at Jesus' feet, so grateful, he couldn't thank him enough, and he was a Samaritan. So the key I want to highlight here is realized. So all 10 men were healed, and they were probably celebrating it. But only one of them had gratitude overflowing in his heart, and he was grateful towards Jesus. Only one of them realized in that instance that there was something more important than celebrating. He needed to be thankful for who and what had gotten him there. 
So I have noticed that when human beings experience breakthroughs, we tend to only credit ourselves. <laughs> you know, we pat ourselves on the back more than acknowledging that a large part of our breakthrough are never just us. Yeah. It could be a moment of opportunity that could have easily gone to someone else. And most of the time, God or someone else helped us get there. And I have noticed the more privileged we are, the more we tend to praise ourselves without thanking others. I think that's why the Jewish men didn't go back to thank Jesus, only the Samaritan did. I think the Jewish guys just assumed they deserved it. But the Samaritan man, probably because he understood all his life what it meant to not have privileges, to have been kept low or limited by people in power, he realized that healing could have easily gone to any other leper. But he was so grateful that they were lucky enough to be the ones to find Jesus and receive healing. So everyone celebrated, but he paused to be grateful. So I wonder how often we go on with our lives without pausing to be grateful, without stopping to turn around and say thank you to the people who help us get there. Friends, I want to encourage you today to take a moment to pause and recognize the things and especially the people you are grateful for. So being at the evolution, I must say we have the best people here and there are so many people to be grateful for, right? So why not turn to the friend sitting beside you and say, I'm grateful to be sitting beside you. You know, expressing gratitude is something easier said than done. If we do not actively take time to pause and reflect, to actively give thanks to people around us, we got to make it into habits. So some ways we can develop gratitude in our lives are, number one, start noticing things which we can be grateful. It could be tangible things like your parents making breakfast for you, your friends or leaders who wrote you an encouraging note. Or it could be intangible, like someone taking time, to, taking time out to spend time with you, or a compliment from someone because of your actions. Number two, think about why we have been given those things. You know, it's easy to receive gifts on your birthday, but that's also that, because there's a reason to celebrate. But it's harder to, if we receive gifts out of the blue. Then we got to pause and think. Did a person give out of encouragement, out of love? Number three, how do we feel about the things we have been given? Do we feel happier? Do we feel less anxious? Do we feel loved? How can we intentionally change our response to be grateful instead of emo or ungrateful? Number four, what can we do to express appreciation in return? It could be as simple as dropping a text to the person to thank them for being present in your life. Or going out to your friends who are serving at the gathering, look them into their eyes and say, thank you. Little effort like this makes a lot of difference to the person we are thanking and also to ourselves. And if you could also go a little further by loving in the way which they receive it best, even better. (laughs) So if you know your friends feel loved by words of affirmation, you know what, write them an encouraging note. If you know your friends feel loved by the act of service, go the extra mile to do something for them. Yeah. Or we might even feel inspired to pay it forward, giving to others that they can have the positive experience of receiving. Yeah. The youth here, I want to encourage you to start making these small habits today, to be thankful towards your leaders who have invested in you in both the big and the small ways. Yeah. To be thankful towards your friends around you, who were there for you both in the high and low moments of your life. 
So another perk about gratitude is that you will become a happier person. So don't just be grateful in your heart. Express your gratitude to the people who have loved you and helped you. So I'm sure the ten lepers all felt thankful to Jesus, but only one turned around, came back, and expressed it. And I'm sure you can tell from the Bible that he was happier from it. He was more transformed by it. You see, guys, thank you opens the door for God to work in our lives. Let me repeat. Saying thank you opens the door for God to work in our lives. So in, in verse 19, it says, Then he said to him, Get up on your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. All ten lepers were healed, but only this man was saved. The nine, other lep- the nine others must be happy that they are freed from the sickness, but nothing else has changed. Their hearts might remain vulnerable and empty. They might still be carrying the hurt and pain from their past rejections. But this one man who came back to thank Jesus had more. His empty heart was made whole. His gratitude and faithfulness allowed God's wholeness to settle in his life, filling up the void in his heart. So in Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7, it says, Let petitions and praises shape, our, shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, you will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. So when we come to God, we're not supposed to only come to get answered prayers. The job we want, the help we want, the healing we want. We are supposed to be safe, to become whole, to feel like something inside becomes more permanently settled, to find peace and confidence. So if you're a Christian and that's all Jesus is to you, a healing, an answered prayer, help with school, help with your career, help with your relationship, start wanting more. And if you're a new friend joining us today and you want to have a relationship with God to experience this wholeness that we have been talking about, the good news is that you can. God can meet you where you are right now. As long as you come with an open, grateful heart, you can experience it. Say it with me, gratitude is pausing to be grateful and saying thank you. Thank you opens the door for God to work in our lives. But finally, gratitude is more than just feeling happy. Gratitude moves us to love. Yes. Truly gratitude people, our gratitude always moves us to love. It motivates us to share and increase the very good we have received. We want to pay it forward. We want to reciprocate love, not just to the person who helped us, but give that same help to others as well. There's a beautiful quote by Elizabeth Butler. And it says, I have a desire to do something in return. To do thanks, to give thanks, give things, give thoughts, give love. So gratitude becomes the gift, creating a cycle of giving and receiving the endless waterfall. Filling up and spilling over, perhaps not even to the giver, but to someone else, to whoever crosses one's path. It is the simple passing on of the gift. You know, the effects of gratitude aren't supposed to be beneficial only between two people. It is not exclusive. That one little act of gratitude that you do today sows a seed in that person and hopefully it passes on to the next person, to the next friend, 
to someone who needs to hear it. And by doing so, we actually create a culture that celebrates this goodness in the spaces that we are in. Even at the evolution, imagine a space where every single person is appreciative and thankful towards one another. Thanking God for what He has done in your life. Thanking your leaders for the things they have spoken in your life. Thanking your friends who are here serving and growing up together. In the moments when you celebrate one another for their success, but also in the moments when you were there for one another when you needed each other the most. This kind of culture and atmosphere of gratefulness amplifies God's presence and goodness in all our lives. And the powerful thing is that for our friends who are new to the evolution, can immediately feel the love and peace in the community. And that opens up their heart to make more meaningful relationships or even knowing God personally. By doing this, we find that life becomes a little bit more meaningful. Through gratitude, we gain a new purpose to touch someone's life. So I want to share with you an amazing youth in our church is Cerise. So Cerise shared with me that the person she is grateful for is her leader, Selena. So she was grateful towards Selena for always giving her best to love people, always looking out for them and remembering the small things that matters. As such, Cerise would often receive random pictures and videos of things that she likes from her, and that made her happy. And there was an instance when Selena noticed Cerise felt stressed about school and bought her a fidget toy so that she can find a better way to distress. And Cerise's gratitude towards her leader led her to do the same for her friends. There was once when Cerise noticed her friend became very quiet and not her usual self. Cerise decided to approach her and ask if she was doing okay, which she found out that her friend was stressed out by school and things going on at home. Cerise wanted to love her friend, so she wrote a letter and gave her some sweets to encourage her the next day. And this is one of the many things that Cerise often does for her friend. And because of her love for them, a lot of her friends have actually stepped into the evolution and enjoyed our gatherings. Well, aren't you inspired by how gratitude moved Cerise to love others powerfully? Come on, let's cheer for Cerise. So having gratitude for how someone has loved us, it moves us to do the same for others. The only time the ripple effect of love stops is when love reaches an ungrateful heart. Think about that. The only reason the impact of love stops radiating outwards in this world is when love gets stopped by an ungrateful heart. Hearts that don't pause to be grateful. People that don't stop to say thank you. Gratitude is something we've got to cultivate in us. It's an action, a habit we have to practice in our relationships. And when we do that, not only does it benefit us, it starts to pay it forward in other lives. I want to end off with a quote by Eric Mosley in his book, Making Work Human. People want purpose, meaning, and gratitude. Purpose is shared, meaning is personal, and gratitude is the great connector. Isn't that amazing? That gratitude connects our meaning in life to a greater purpose that is shared between us and the community. So here's the recap. Number one, gratitude begins with vulnerability. Number two, Gratitude is pausing to be grateful and saying thank you. Thank you opens the door, opens the door for God to work in our lives. 
And lastly, gratitude moves us to love.